0: Listening to Fox Sports
1: Radio with Trey Young, with him and the Shushin and the Bring It On. Does that in any way? Because in wrestling, they used to, or they call it uh, the heels, the bad guys, yeah. would draw heat. And the thing was, you wanted to get the crowd all rabid. You wanted to get the crowd all worked yeah. up, and that was a sign of engagement, emotional engagement. But hey, you make someone mad enough. It leads to other things, like spitting, perhaps. So, obviously, fans shouldn't be spitting on players. Do you believe the fact that it feels like Trey Young has taken on the role of the heel, of the bring it on, it doesn't excuse it at all? But is that a road that you think the players should avoid?
0: Well, no, I actually think this is good for Trey Young. The spitting, his, well, his brand. The yeah. fact that you can generate that type of reaction from fans their first time back in the building it shows that you're somebody. It's like Reggie Miller. You can, if you were mm-hmm. to ask somebody, what's like, the most yeah. memorable moment of Reggie Miller's career? It's got to be this stuff at Madison Square Garden. Like that. That's what first thing that comes to mind. And so to see Trey on that level, I actually think is good for his brand and and the level of interest in him as a player.
1: And Reggie Miller, you could say, um, fueled that with his yeah. back and forth with Spike Lee. Yeah. Is, is that a fair way yeah, to say? It, you 100%, think? Okay, yeah. yeah. That you know, for whatever reason, that felt more innocent. I guess as time passes, things seem less and less innocent. I guess maybe even as you get older. But it, it I thought the energy was amazing. I also think though it, it could borderline on erupting, and. That's the wild thing. If you told the NBA, we're going to have Madison Square Garden, the rafters shaking, as you've heard, and it's going to be right on the cusp of something, but it doesn't happen. That cusp doesn't get passed. They'd say, sign us up. But then you say one more percent and it results in an assault or whatever. Then it's like, no, no, no. And that's you're playing with fire. Right. And that's always the argument politically. If there's an extremist on either side. With the incendiary uh, speeches and, you know, the energy is something they want. The results, though—and that's the question, is to what degree is a speaker, is a politician responsible for—that's interesting. Imagine— the Knicks after the game said someone's got to stop Trey. After Game One, they got to stop that Trey Young. We got to stop him. Someone's got to stop him. You see the way he acted to the crowd. So let's say he's having a normal reaction, intense reaction. This player, but he uses phrases like "stop him" and phrases like "you see the way he disrespected the crowd." Now, if some fan did something, you know more, you know more extreme, would they make the case that the player caused it by inciting it? These are very complicated issues, I think, especially with so much emotions involved, which is what the NBA wants up to a point.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know them chanting Trey is balding, not the nicest <laughs> thing in the world. You know, <laughs> not the nicest thing in the world. So they were getting, oh, I loved him, uh, it. Yeah, they were getting. You no, know, that was all
1: in throughout. that was in the handouts of the fans yeah, walking I in I the stadium. <laughs> they were instructing them what to say. But right. Apparently, it wasn't. It was because the F Trey Young. They didn't want them to say. Yeah. And apparently when they were saying have Trey Young, they would play the music extra loud to try to drown it out.
0: Yeah. uh, MSG did. Yeah, they were. uh, I think they're still a little rusty on how to interact with players because they haven't been able to do it in so long. So now they're trying to figure their way through this whole thing.
1: But here's the, the last question on the brand front. Does he ever get away? Do, do opponents from here to the end of his career say F. Trey Young"? Meaning the fans? Is that going to be the chant in ten years? I'd make a T-shirt out of it. I swear to God,
0: <laughs> I, I would make his company, I, whoever whoever represents him right now, strike an endorsement deal and make a T-shirt out of that because I think I really think that would be
1: massive, a massive success. And last question for me: not anything about Trey Young himself, but let's say a typical player in that in the current circumstances between the game last night and then game three. How much is he thinking about the X's and O's? How much is he thinking about winning that game? And how much is he thinking about that brand? You know, this could be something you play it right leads to... Another hundred million in shoe deals. The rest of his career is that on his mind in a heavy way? You think?
0: And well, yeah, it probably. But I think he. I mean, he played pretty well last night. He
1: wasn't. Well, you he know, went I, over the the point total. Yeah, I'll tell you he did. Much.
0: Yeah, I didn't want to bring that up. But I, no, I also, we always
1: bring it up. We win or lose, baby. We bring it up.
0: I also think that it's going to spark you know, the Atlanta crowd to want to step up their game because now yeah. they're going to want to rally around their guy and support their guy. And I just wonder what that does to that game and what effect it has But you've there. seen
1: those crowds in Atlanta. It's not yeah, quite not, the same. Yeah,
0: not great. Not great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going by the old TBS days maybe. But, you know, um, to me about that Trey Young, we liked the under in the game. And it was a loser. But there's a lesson to be learned from that. And it's probably worth taking a second with it. You can be right about a lot of things in a handicap, but if you're wrong about one big thing, it trumps it all. And to me, it was Trey Young didn't want to recede in the background. If this were a normal regular season game, and we had all the reasons we thought the Knicks would want to stop him no matter what, it probably would have been a good handicap. But on this national TV stage, to still be discussed, even if he would have went you know, seven for 28 he would have rather that than gone five of seven, you would think. And it seemed like to me, but you could also make the case, hey, when you're Kobe, when you're Michael, when you're Trey Young, you don't let the other team dictate. You're going to shoot no matter what. And maybe that's the mentality. You know, the famous Kobe mentality was, you know, first playoff series, he missed like five straight shots, air ball. He was still shooting. And years later, they said, that's when we knew. Well, maybe that's when we knew Trey Young was not going to let the circumstances dictate to him. He was going to dictate to the circumstances. That's what LeBron hasn't done by some critics' assessment in his career so you can't have it both ways. You either got to like it when LeBron doesn't do it, or you got to like it when Trey Young does it. You can't dislike both. Any other thoughts on the Knicks?
0: Yeah, no, I think it's a good point. I, I want to see what his numbers are like for the rest of the series. Like, is he going to shoot the ball more? Is he going to... Like, I would love to... And I'd love to see Vegas-wise how they adjust that based on the emotions and all that. How does that impact point total over-unders, so on and so forth with it?
1: Well, I think the analogy would be Westbrook when he was going for the triple-doubles, and it, it, dra- where it was obvious he was going yeah. for the numbers and yeah. it was it was adjusted drastically yeah. um i remember some over-unders on him that were at uh, like 37 at some point <laughs> with westbrook which is about as high as you ever see
0: straight out of vegas!
1: be sure to catch live editions of
0: straight out of vegas weekdays at 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio radio app So we get into the talk of the NBA, and that is that Suns-Lakers series. Chris Paul banged up. Game three coming up later on tonight. 10 p.m. Eastern time on TNT. Series tied at one game apiece at Staples Center. The Lakers are a a six-and-a-half-point favorite on pregame.com.
1: So think about this. This is a little tidbit that wasn't obvious in my opinion. This is the first Lakers playoff home game since 2013. Think about it. Last year? In the bubble. So, what does that mean? Does it mean the crowd gets more enthused? We know the Clipper crowd wasn't all that enthused. So, even before they lost the games. Um, On the flip side, the Suns' first road game in the playoffs ever for all but Chris Paul, with obviously the injury questions with Chris Paul, Mackenzie, what are you seeing from the people you trust? If I, in one sentence, if you say Chris Paul's status, likelihood of affecting the game, how would you assess it? Sportsbooks are worried about him. No props available anywhere for Chris Paul that we could find. I right, know. that's interesting. That's a sign of total uncertainty because typically they would say, okay, typically we might have twenty as the over/under. I'm just you know throwing a round number out. Maybe we make it sixteen here or fourteen. They're saying they have no idea by not putting these numbers up.
0: Yeah, and I th- I saw that he's not a game time decision. He is going to be available to play. So there's, you know, they're not playing the whole, well, you know, what if game as is of right now. Is he on the now, injury report? No, everything I've seen is that he's ready <laughs> to go. I think
1: probable, I saw. Did you see McKenzie? Yeah, listed as probable. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so yeah. it seems
1: like, in a way, I think this is discouraging to the Suns. And I'm sorry to interrupt, Jonas, but the idea that if they know he's going to play. But the fact he's so hindered they won't put up a prop on it means it's a kind of injury that might linger, it sounds like. He can play, but it's going to like limit him. I don't think the Suns can do much if he's limited over the long term. And the odds on this title have been downgraded drastically just in the last 24 hours. So, Mackenzie, what was it? What is it? Suns to win the title. Oh, we got it up on the screen. 18-1 to yesterday. All right, so they weren't the favorites, but they were in that second tier, 30-1 to wow. today on the Suns winning the title. The betting market's saying pessimism about Chris Paul.
0: Yeah, I almost wonder if if you were to ask the Suns, if you were to ask Monty Williams, would you rather know that Chris Paul was going to be 100% or would you rather know he's not playing at all? Because, or, and meaning, And what I mean by that is, would he rather just know going into this, yeah, he's just not going to play. Or is he OK with the idea of, I'm not sure what I got. I may, I'm going to have him for the first four minutes and, and gauge him from there. And then I'm going to have to make in-game adjustments. I just wonder if he would rather have him out completely as opposed to throwing him out there and getting you know half, if that, of, of uh, Chris Paul the entire game.
1: Well, on one hand, you could say it's a free roll to have him available because you put him out there. If he plays okay, great. If not, you yank him in, and you don't have yeah. to use him. Right. But I do think in this one case, maybe it's not better to have the uncertainty, even if there's an upside, because this is a discombobulating experience, playing your first road game against the defending champion Lakers, against the player of the century, LeBron, in the playoffs, first road game, and daddy... That's Chris Paul in this case. Doesn't feel well. He's not hungover. He got hurt on the. He got hurt <laughs> yes. at work. And Daddy's sitting in the chair. He's saying, "Boys, you got to take this one." It seems like I. Let's just say this. We loved the Suns at twelve to one. We cashed a big ticket. So did a lot of you to win the division. One of the reasons we liked that was we didn't think the Lakers cared that much. We didn't, and we knew LeBron and AD. More AD these days are prone to injuries, though LeBron lately has been a little bit more. And also, we didn't think the Clippers cared. It's the opposite now. To whatever degree the Suns were better than the Lakers and the Clippers in the regular season, now it switches where, okay, you get the intrinsic quality of the players, but now it's LeBron time. To some degree, it's AD time, and it's not Chris Paul time, because I'll be candid. He does tend to get hurt every playoffs. Is it a coincidence? Maybe. Let's talk Anthony Davis. We're straight out of Vegas. This was from NBA.com. Very insightful stat here. How has Anthony Davis done with the Lakers in the playoffs when they won the game and when they lost the game? And you're going to say, well, typically one of the best players, if he doesn't play well, they're going to lose. Yeah, this is pretty extreme. So 17 wins, six losses in Anthony Davis's career with the Lakers in the playoffs. He scores seven less points when they lose, okay, less rebounds. The assists are less than half, 4.2 to 1.8. His field goal percentage is 58% in the wins, Anthony Davis, below 50 in the losses. Here's the key. Three-pointers, three-pointers, 45% when they win, 20% when they lose. Wow. This guy can shoot them out of a game, and in the games they've lost— his plus-minus has been minus 10 points per game. So it's they've been losing when he's on the floor. Anthony Davis, more than half the time, is a contributes to winning in a great way for the Lakers. But six times they lost, he's not only not delivered to win, he's caused, in many ways, the loss.
0: Is he worth more to the spread than LeBron? And if not, how
1: close are they? That's fascinating because there's a couple ways to look at it. One way is... If you just have one of them, who would you prefer? And at this point, you could probably say Anthony Davis because he's going to be able to take a team on his back more than LeBron can. But if you're going to have both of them, and then if the question is zero or one, I think it's Anthony Davis. If the question is two or one, I think taking LeBron away hurts more because Anthony Davis by himself you know i think lebron is a facilitator at this stage yeah. of his career and having ad means a ton to him uh, you know so it's a complicated question i think it's fairly close now now you got to add in lebron as a leader lebron as a floor general obviously AD's got more physical skills now my gut feeling is it's it's based on the circumstance but it's going to be mighty close
0: yeah and I I don't think LeBron at this stage is capable of those you know 50 55 point games that we've seen him put up from time to time where he's just dominant um I, I do think Anthony Davis is though, and, and that's yeah. why I that's why I wondered. And, and I think you were right. If you are just gonna have one, I think it would probably be Anthony Davis.
1: Now I am gonna caveat that with one other thought of nuance. It matters if the Lakers were favored or dogs. If the Lakers are seven point favored, I want LeBron because he's not gonna hurt you. LeBron rarely hurts you. I am not a LeBron guy, but he rarely is gonna hurt you. Right? AD can hurt you. So if you if you are a ten point underdog. I want Anthony Davis because I want those high-variance, great performances. If you're a 10-point favorite, I think you take the slow or the steady, above-average but not great LeBron, you're going to still win the game.
0: And also, when's the last time LeBron had a bad game? Like, I can't yeah, recall a time. Point. And, yeah. and, and Anthony Davis just had one in game one. So, But, you, but you'd but you have to go a long ways back to actually find a, a bad game of LeBron James, especially in the postseason.
1: Yeah, I think he can do so much, right? He can rebound. He can yeah. assist. If, he's not, if his shot's not there, he's going to do other things. Anthony Davis tends to just keep shooting, it seems like. And, you know, you kind of like that, but it doesn't help all that much – against a team you can beat by just having a midland performance. So, by the way, to wrap up this, uh, the game, Suns at Lakers, as we said, first playoff game at home for the Lakers since 2013. The series tied 1-1. Right now, the Lakers are 74% chance. 74% to advance. Minus 325, plus 250 on the Suns. you 250, 26%. or wherever you get your podcast. Let's get an updated title odds. Mackenzie. The Lakers are plus three seventy-five, second favorite. The Suns are 30 to
0: 1. They're the eighth favorite.
1: Okay, and when it comes to the rest of the favorites, so Lakers are second favorite. The Nets are first? Yes, the Nets are plus one eighty. Lakers plus three seventy-five. Then there's a three-way tie. Sixers, Bucks, and Jazz, all seven to one. I will say this, Jonas, is and we'll talk about it in the next segment. The Bucks are getting a lot of attention from the sharpest analytical people. Yeah. There was questions about the Heat, how they'd respond. Game one obviously wasn't great. But boy, what we saw in game two, a lot of people saying that they think Milwaukee should be the favorite in the East. Now, some of that feels contrary because the Nets have looked so good. But if you look at the advanced analytics in the entire NBA in the playoffs so far, it's Nets 1 and it's Bucks 2. And I think a lot of casual fans don't look at Milwaukee as so competitive, but the analytics guys certainly do.
0: Yeah, no, they looked really, really good, and and that game two was was just a complete wipeout, and and to still win game one when they shot as poorly as they did, as we talked about, was impressive. Um, I, I actually had a question for you, and I, I don't even know if this is available anywhere, but I'd be fascinating when it comes to the Chris Paul. Just last thing on the Lakers Suns. So Mackenzie had mentioned that there's no game props on Chris Paul that are available right now. Mm-hmm. Can you live wager? Do does any place offer live? Uh, game props on players, like if you knew Chris Paul two minutes in looked better than he did game one, would a, would a book throw up some in-game props on him, or is that just too uh, too much to to go into? Mackenzie, are you? I
1: have not seen that. Have you? Yes, they do have live player props available, but only if they already had the live player prop pregame oh, okay. In my in my that I've seen. Okay, that's interesting. But see, typically you're not going to have someone not have a live player prop that anyone's going to care about in-game, I do think Jonas makes an interesting point, which is in-game. Now, I will say this, and this is always the difference between the algorithm and a human element. If Chris Paul's number were, let's say, 16, so down a little bit but not down too much, saying, hey, he's not 100%, if he looked great to start with, they're going to reevaluate their assumptions and make a more drastic change. Yeah. But the algorithms don't know how to do that. And that's one of the ways you can beat in game betting. The algorithm is going to look at 10,000 situations similar and do what it's supposed to do. But maybe there's something specific about this situation that's different. In this case, injury and the eye test on the health. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.